The, the man said, it is easier to make money than to give it. Now, he wasn't talking about stingy, being stingy. But he was talking about the ability to know how to give money in such a manner that it will be productive where it is going. He said it is hard. Warren Buffett said that that was why he gave out 85% of his net worth, his total worth, to Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Some will say, hey, it's the rich people that he now gave it to. You don't understand what's going on if you talk like that. This, this is like the richest couple on the earth. That's Bill and his wife, Bill Gates. And then this man that competes with him, whether it's number one, number two, they keep on keeping the position, took 85% of what he had and gave to their foundation. And I watched the, the, uh, the interview. He said it is because he realized that Bill Gates knows how to give out money, a skill that he doesn't have. He said, I know how to make money. He said, but how to give it out? I don't know how to do it. So I found a man that knows how to do it. So he gathered everything he had, almost, and handed it over to the man and said, please, help me give it out. I don't have that skill. So when he said, I don't know how to give it, it doesn't mean that he was being stingy. The same man said, I will not give my children the misfortune of being rich, of inheriting my money. Yes. He said, it's a misfortune. So I will settle them while they are alive. While I'm alive, each person help you set up. But if you are waiting for my $50 billion to drop into your laps, it ain't going to happen. So he took it one day, 85% of it, transferred ownership to Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Should be the richest foundation in the world. Because the man said, I personally do not know how to handle it. Please, I'm bringing something here. You see that God is saying, we have to know how to handle money matters before he can commit to us true riches. Very important. Let's continue looking at this particular scripture because I must explain some things. Now, I was saying something earlier that the Lord Jesus was saying something here which people often misunderstood, misunderstand. He said that use money, that's verse what? Verse 8. And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of mammon of unrighteousness or wealth of unrighteousness, which I've already explained. So that when it fails, they will receive in you into eternal dwellings. I said, Bollinger said that Jesus was saying, is this what I am saying to you? Because we know human beings cannot bring you into what? Eternal dwellings. They can't. He now said, he that is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Now, what I'm discussing is how Christians are supposed to relate with money. So that they will be faithful. Let me say something to you. Money is very tricky. Money is supposed to be a good servant, but believe me, it's a cruel master. A brother told me a story about a man he knows that earns in excess of 60 million naira per annum in salary. Did you hear what I said? You know what that is in, in that's today's naira, 60 million naira? Per annum, it's how much a month? Five million. So I pay you five million naira a month. Many people will say, I will never be poor again. Let me tell you, look, I want to talk about money. Christians must learn this. 
Michael Tyson earned $300 million boxing. What did I say to you? That was the amount of money he earned boxing. A time came for him to eat. He had to be flying pigeons for National Geographic. Yes. Flying pigeons. Not only was he broke, he was owing the American government taxes on the fight against Buster Douglas that he fought in Japan many years ago. A man that earned $300 million boxing. I don't know whether you are following my point. What happened? Whitney Houston is still on record as, from the little I've read, they don't know anybody who has had a voice better than Whitney Houston. The girl died broke. With all the heat you hear all over the place, the girl died broke. There was a time MC Hammer, this was years ago, too legit to quit. It was raining everywhere. A few years later, I heard that the brother was broke. That the man was broke. The next time I saw him, he had a Bible in his hand. Faith is the man from Bible. I said, my brother, you are broke. This preacher, you are preaching. <laughs> Forget this thing. <laughs> Forget this thing. No. Jesus didn't call you when you had money. The man earned a lot of money. But he went down broke. Why? That's what we're talking about. The story I told one brother told me that a man earning 60 million naira a year was fired from where he was working because he went to defraud an insurance company. Hey, I pause there because yes, money is wicked. Many years ago, when I was in Lagos, I heard a story like that. There was this clinic, and then, of course, it happens till now. Big companies. They may not own their own clinic. They send their staff to a particular private hospital. So, okay, manage our cases for us. And one, there was one, one, one fraud many people used to perpetrate that, those days. They will come and say, please, I need money. The doctor will give them money, maybe 10,000 naira. Then the doctor will write bills that they were sick and they came for treatment and that the bill is 20,000 and the hospital will pay and the company will pay. It was a very common practice in Lagos those days. In fact, it's one of the reasons why a lot of companies opened their own clinics. Because they are, they are, the bill was just too heavy. But things have changed now. This was long ago. But something happened that time. A man working in an oil company, one of the big multinational oil companies in Nigeria, he decided he needed money and went to the doctor to lie that his son, assuming his son's name is Junior, <laughs> that Junior had a surgery. So they passed the bill in. And it, of course, was an oil company. Sent the bill in. It was a huge bill. And the company was going to pay. He and the doctor had split the money 50-50. And of course, when his bosses saw it, they had compassion on him. Say, oh, Mr. Lagbaja, his son Junior had surgery. Let's go and pay him a visit. That was how he lost his earning. That was how he got fired. I'm talking about... The reason I'm telling all these stories, I want to talk about money. Money is not a nice guy. Jesus called him the mammon of unrighteousness. Not a nice fellow. He's not nice at all. You must know how to master it and tell your boy, sit down there. Like one brother was saying, he said, money will not send me on errand. 
Listen. Money must never send you an errand. <laughs> That's what I'm teaching. Christians must learn how to relate with money. That the money is a tool. It's not a sign of anything. Jesus said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. And when the Lord says that, he means that. When you get to the midst of people that have money, like one brother said, when you have solved the money problem, you know that it was not a problem. You will now see the real problems of life. Let me tell you a story I heard some time ago. I don't know who told it. What they call the 99 Club. Have you ever heard the story of the 99 Club? There was a king. This king had this um, low-level maybe servant who was always happy and joyful. So he turned to his advisors. How come, let's assume the guy's name is Ben Murray Bruce. How come Ben Murray Bruce is always... Why are they laughing? It's a common sense thing now. He said, how come Ben Bruce is always happy? So the advisor said, sir, he has not yet joined the 99 Club. He said, which club is there in this kingdom that's called the 99 Club I don't know about? I said, your majesty, it's not a real physical club like that. But give this man 99 gold coins, you understand what we are talking about. If you ever read a richest man in Babylon, you know those days, a gold coin, you need to work for like four years to put it together. An average working man. So he said, give him 99 gold coins. You'll see what you're talking about. So the king, one day, called Ben Bruce and said, my loyal servant, you've been very loyal. Here is 19, no, he said, here's a bag of coins to reward you for your loyalty. That one. Open the bag. He saw gold. Went on the floor. Your majesty. Ah, may you live long, my lord. Everything. He went home. He sat down, began to count the coins. He counted them. They were 99. He counted again. They were 99. He counted again. They were 99. See, 99 is an odd figure. My Lord must have wanted to give me 100, but he didn't count it correctly. But, so right now, I am not in the 100 near coins club. That is, I'm not a you know, multi-millionaire, so I'm not a, I'm not, I don't have up to 100 gold coins. So I am going to get the extra one coin so as to make it a 100. The man that used to be very happy, peaceful, and joyful, now he wakes up at 4 a.m., comes back to bed at 12 midnight, he's buying and selling, Collecting money, arguing, fighting, going to court, coming back. Anytime the king sees him, he has a frown on his face. So the king looked and said, what's happening to this Ben Bruce, my lawyer servant? Ah, the advisor said, my lord, he has joined the 99 club. <laughs> what 99 club? Men that have 99 gold coins. But they must get that extra one. So peace has departed from their souls. Money is wicked. If you think somebody has plenty, therefore he will not relax. No. That money says we are not happy, we are cold. Get us more of our brethren so that we will be more in this place. A man is under pressure. Let me quickly say this. It is possible for a believer to overcome that spirit. Yeah, and that's what we are teaching. Contentment, the Bible says, is great gain. Contentment, Paul emphasized, is great gain. For you to look and not feel disadvantaged in any way because of what you don't have. My brother will say to me, say, sir, this one that will go to church, we thank God that Christians don't know what they have. Yes. I tell people all the time, I say, I'm very rich. Oh, God. I don't know how to value how wealthy I am. If I start valuing it for you, we won't, we won't live here. 
that I travel and my wife wants me to come back home, it has financial value. It has financial value. I used to give you an example that Michael Jackson needed to pay a doctor $200,000 a month to be able to sleep. That is money I don't need. Put it as part of my value. Listen, that I am not under pressure that I must achieve this, I must acquire this. It has financial value. That spiritual trait called contentment has financial value. And this is not about trying to make myself happy. It's reality. It has financial value. For me to lie down and sleep because the Lord alone makes me dwell in safety, it has financial value. You must learn how to count it. Listen, children of God, money does not give your life value. You can never count how rich or how poor you are by the amount of value, uh, cash or uh, uh, material possession that's around you. You can't. It is totally impossible. We believers who don't make decisions in life because money is pushing us. We need more money. No. We don't. That's what it means to be a believer. I was saying that money is a wicked master. When you use the word mammon, Jesus said something, you cannot save God and mammon. Mammon is when money has been converted to a God. That is the name he used to describe it. What does it mean to save somebody? Let's quickly describe that. What does it mean to save somebody? Many people think that it's when you bow your heads to a demon, to, to, a, to an idol. That's when you are serving a God. No. It, it says you are servants to the person that you what? Obey. If financial returns determines how you make your decisions in life, you are serving mammon. That's what it means. If financial return is what determines how you make decisions in life, you are serving mammon. There are things that are more important. Like I talk about business. One, a good name. Two, establishing righteousness. Do you understand? Three, being of service to people. These are at least three things that are far ahead of money when we are making business decisions. Let me quickly drop something. When people are serving mammon, it throws a spirit into their lives that pushes them up and down. Let me explain. There's something I'm trying to explain. I'll just explain. I'll use an illustration now. Then I'll, I'll be able to build up need and then I'll stop. Then we will continue again from that point if we have to next time. If I don't finish, because we have to talk about other things, all right? Let me just explain something. You know, the other day I said that when we're talking about total faith for money, for finances, it's not just about how we call money to be or how we spend money. But that how money comes into our lives, that God is concerned about it. Yes. When we are exercising faith for finances, it's not just money I call you to come. What do you do to bring money into your life? God is concerned. You'll see where I'm going in a moment. Have you ever heard of pyramid schemes? It's very common. We've not seen any in recent times around us here. But it's a very common thing. They tell you recruit 10 people. They bring in 10,000 10, each. When you rise up to a particular level, you get maybe 1 million. Because 10 people bring more 10 people and then, and then you keep on rising. Now there's something that happens to pyramid schemes all the time. And that is that after a while, it only takes a few months to a few years, the whole society maxes out. That is, everybody has participated. There are no new moguls to be recruited. 
You know what's a mugun? For those who don't know Nigerian English, a mugun is what the American call a patsy. A mugun is a fellow who's been jobbed. Oh, so that's Nigerian English. <laughs> to job somebody's Nigerian English. A mugun is somebody being defrauded who does not know he's being defrauded. Do you understand? Uh-huh. A mugun is a person who's losing the game and does not realize he's losing. That's what a mugun is, all right? So we've taught the whole world some Nigerian slangs, all right? Now, so sometimes you see the whole society has now run out of muguns because everybody has logged in to the system. So they don't have anybody else to collect from. Then the whole thing crashes. You know, it's, that's this normal cycle of pyramid schemes. And only those who organize it get anything out of it. And if they can escape from the law where the law work, works, they will seem to have benefited. But many places, they don't escape. They end up in prison. And if it's a country like the United States, they count the number of people that lost in it, give you one year imprisonment for each one of them. That's 700,000 years imprisonment. So <laughs> let's make a long story short. You die in prison. <laughs> That's how they do in America. Now, but let's assume now that, you know, some people may go away with it. Let's just leave that one. But what I want to bring out is that so people who are not organizing but who are participating, there's one thing people generally say. They say the best way to do it is what? Get in early and then get out early. That's what I want to address. People sometimes say, get in early and get out early. Listen to me. Once you identify that something is fraudulent, if you benefit from it, you bought a spirit. That's where I'm going. Getting in early and getting out early is besides the point. Is that you consciously benefited from fraud. What it does is to pour a spirit into your life. The spirit of mammon. And the spirit of mammon is wicked. That's what I've been talking about. It's very wicked. It's the reason why a man will earn a hundred million naira and will be owing 500. And you don't understand. It's the reason why a man will have a steady income from his business that's turning into millions and millions every month. Then you turn around, the fellow is building a house that requires 10 million naira extra every month. And you say, sir, Mr. Ajalikoko, can't you see that this does not make sense? I'm telling you, he cannot see that it does not make sense. Why? A spirit has been poured into him. Many people say that, no. Ah, if I was the one, I will not. Listen, spiritual things are powerful. They control you. They don't respond to you like that. They control. They compel. You live even hear that Jesus was controlled by spiritual things. You hear that compassion moved him. You look at it, it was kind. No. There was a spiritual force called compassion. Entered into him and he couldn't help but raise that boy from the dead. In life, be careful what you open yourself to, to move you. That's what I'm talking about. The spirit of money must be, it must never be allowed to move you. We're all moved by spirit. You think we make our decisions ourselves? We don't. Many of the things we do in life, <laughs> something is moving us. The only time we have control, it was the time we chose what should move us. Even Jesus was moved with, by, by compassion. Compassion will come in, enter into the Lord, and move him. That was the Spirit of God. You will hear that he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. It was not his idea to go there. 
he found himself in the wilderness. How did I get here? It was the spirit that compelled him to go there. We are all moved in life. It is what is moving us as a question that we discuss as believers. When the spirit of mammon has moved people, that is when you will be looking and you are confused. But this man had 200 million naira. This man had a million dollars. How come he is owing two? Because when he had that one million dollars, he did not have contentment with it. And one major reason why he didn't have contentment with it was because he possibly got that money and bought his spirit with it. That is why you must never, ever in life love quick money. If they say, play this lottery, you will win this. Please, I beg you, don't play. People say, is playing lottery a sin? No. It is the desire for quick money that is the problem. Because it brings a spirit into you and that starts moving you. It starts with lottery today. Tomorrow it is pool betting. Next day is gambling. People who gamble, they can't help themselves. But it started at a particular point in time. I read the story of Larry King. So Larry King was a compulsive gambler. He said to himself that if the thing would just come that he, needed, he would need to pay house rent. But something in him would say, gamble with this money. He said to himself. And he would go and take his house rent too. Which if he doesn't pay, or maybe mortgage, he might be ejected. He might lose this house he's paid for for the last five years. Yet, but he couldn't help it. He'll go and put the money down. And of course, the odds, alright, are always against the gambler. Talking about total faith. You can't just make up your mind. Eh, I will get the money. I will get out early. Enter into the pyramid scheme early. Fine. You make a lot of money and you know how to calculate the market and know how to get out. What you don't understand, that you don't get out clean, you get out with the spirit. As spirit goes on with you, and he says, my guy, thank you. I've been roaming around dry places ever since they cast me out, ever since they cast me out of that other fellow. Let me test you whether your house is good so I can go and bring seven spirits more wicked than myself. That's what it does. That's what it does. The fellow is now possessed with a spirit. And that's, he just spendthrift. Today he buys the latest model LG Smart TV. 56 inches. The next day, they bring another smart TV, Samsung, 57 inches, and he can't sleep. As he's watching the TV he has in his house, the TV shrinks in size. <laughs> in his eyes. And he tells his wife, honey, can you see that thing on the screen? His wife says, yes, I can. Are you sure? Say, maybe you should wear glasses. It's not glasses. I can read my book neatly. It's the TV. It's too small. And his wife says, my husband, this one is okay. Let's be watching it. Then one day, the wife is not around. He comes back home. He looks at the TV. He wants to watch football. They kick the ball. He decides he can't see it. He jumps into the car. Because that match is very important. Drives to the mall. And this is Nigeria, not America, where you're trading. So he moves that one and buys a newer one. 
and replaces it. It is just one inch bigger. He said, hey, better. <laughs> this one is LED. This one has more, more, more dots per square inch. He tells himself the whole lie. It's a spirit push, push, pushing him. It's a spirit of the prodigal son. It has entered into him. He does that with his house. Does that with his car. He comes, suddenly comes home. My mates are living in bigger houses than this one. People say, this your house is good now. Hey, maybe it's good for you, but for me. Mm-mm. He has some money. So he pays for a new one or starts buying another house. Or for countries where they have credit, that is why they are in trouble. We are even say, look, this one that is saying Nigeria, we don't have credit, we better not have it here too. Until men have learned discipline. In those societies where people, and oh, and no, you know I was telling that the world has a financial system. It's an all-encompassing thing. That's another thing I should try and explain later. Some of these things we say, they are all-encompassing. So when I say to people that eh, the Bible says that you should not lay up treasure for tomorrow, you know, they want to take only that tomorrow aspect. Actually, the financial principle of God is all-encompassing. For example, God does not make allowance for your retirement. It is the world that says you should retire. Go and read your Bible. Find me the man that retired. God says in the old age you will be fruitful. But the world created a retirement system so that you can leave the place so that younger people can get job. Create your own financial system so that you don't have to ever retire. That just by the way. So the world has its own financial system. And what is the world's financial system? Make sales, 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 sales. Okay, now that we all know the meaning of the word mugu, I think we are all familiar with the English terminology called mugu. We write our own dictionary. So there are many mugus out there who don't understand that they don't need these things. So American seller or European seller will say to you, buy a new set of furniture for your house, no payment for the next 12 months. No interest. Pay later. You will say that, but it's good. It looks good. There's only one small problem. When you have that spirit, this is what happens. You take furniture. They said, no need to pay, no interest for the first 12 months. And you have 36 months to pay. What you don't read in the fine print is that if at the end of the 12th month you have not finished paying, interest starts calculating from the day you collected it. It's a standard thing. It's fine print. So even though the interest is only 20% per annum, and the furniture set in the U.S. dollars is like $2,000, you think, since I'm not paying interest yet, no need to start paying. By the end of the 12th month, you haven't paid anything. They now calculate the first month you pay, you're already owing $2,400 because they backdate the payment to 12 months ago. That is why many Americans are in trouble. Now, because he has not started paying, he easily finds that the latest iPhone or Samsung S7 just came out. He picks it. That one adds only $40 a month to what he was paying on S5, on S6. Like that, like that, like that, before you know what's happening, the man is well paid, assuming he's earning $10,000 a month. At the end of the month, he doesn't have more than $200 that's free money. He's paying his mortgage in a house that's bigger than his size. 
He's bought the latest TVs, latest phone, which doesn't do anything different from the previous one, except that this one, when you turn it, it says, when you turn it this way, the other one does That's all. It whistles a little bit. And the prodigal spirit pushes him around, making him feel like he's enjoying. But the truth is that he has just been set up. I read in Robert Kiyosaki's book those days, he said an average American is two paychecks away from bankruptcy. If he doesn't get a job, if he loses his job, and for two, three weeks doesn't get another job, he's bankrupt. He cannot pay his bills. Why did I tell the story? You say, ah, it won't happen to me. That's what I want to explain to you. You cannot just say it won't happen to me. You must make sure you don't do the things that make it happen to people. If you play the lottery because you are hoping for quick money, it will happen to you. It's, you are buying a spirit. If you rush in into the market, quickly get into the pyramid scheme and get out before it collapses, you bought a spirit. It starts pushing you. At the end of the day, you will, I mean, mammon, you will go down. Some people did a, a man did a presentation, well, they did a documentary on Hollywood. And the man who was, who was explaining, he said, please don't come here. It was not explaining something about the life in Hollywood. That the thing is a spirit, it possesses people. This was not a Christian talking. That it's a spirit, it possesses people. That you can't come and say, eh, no, I'm going to do like that. I say, once you come, the thing takes you over. It's not the way they behave. You hear that Justin Bieber is doing that, he's doing that. Like the boy is not in control. Something has taken hold of him. You give a 19-year-old boy that amount of money. How old is he now? Huh? He don't reach 22. Boy, they try. It is growing. But as a teenager, the amount of money that he had, the money was, do you know the car pushing? The money would say, enter the car. Start the engine. It's a Ferrari. Rev it on the street. Vroom, vroom, vroom. He will jam something. Police will bab him. He does, oh, you think he's being wicked? No. He's possessed by something. One man described the life in Hollywood and said, the best defense is don't come here. Say so once you come, it takes you over. You hear me tell stories once in a while that an, an actor will go on stage, an actress will go maybe for Grammy Awards or what they call Oscars, and will wear a dress that $25,000. She can't wear it again. It's a spirit. Normal expensive dresses. If an American wears an expensive dress, the dress is $400. That is considered expensive. If you buy, I'm serious, if you buy a dress and that dress is $400, you spent money, good money, you can get decent dresses for $25, for $30, for $40. You shop high level, $100. But then you blow $400, you're spending good money. Yet, a young girl will wear, according to Dolly Parton, she will spend so much money to look so cheap. He didn't catch that. Because she spent a lot of money to get two pieces of cloth. The whole material not past two yards. Because here has to be open. Here must be open. Here must be open. Here must be open. When you calculate the total weight of the material, two yards. 
And the designer said it's $10,000. She wears it once, she can't wear it again. When Michael Jackson was on trial that the, for sexually molesting that, that one boy, he went to court, I think a total of 15 days, and Manny made a new suit for each day. And Manny had to make a new suit for each day for MJ to show up in court. A mass-produced Armani suit is $2,000. Mass-produced. When it's handmade for Michael Jackson, go and calculate how much it is. So to go to court for two weeks, that man blew over $200,000 in clothes. He said, if I'm there, I won't do it like that. Just don't drink the spirit. The thing is a spirit. That's why I say, believers, don't love quick money. If they tell you quickly, ah, wait, they want to tell me that, they, that a banker went into a bank, stole 4 million naira, gave it to 419 people that please quickly double it before close of work. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? <laughs> a banker working in the bank got out 4 million naira and went smuggled it out of the banking hall Gave it to some men who are money doublers outside. Say, they said they are going to double it to 8 million. So they should come back before 4 p.m. You know, you, you are looking like, how could they should be so stupid? They will say that hypnotized or jazz. Listen to me. You cannot hypnotize or jazz somebody who does not love quick game. For an adult... To believe that money can be doubled in two hours, three hours, four hours. The adult is possessed by spirit. Let me summarize. Time is really gone. Love not the world or the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Let me say it again. Love not the world. Like I said the other time, don't let any manufacturer put you under tension. Just take a simple scripture as a defense for your soul. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Listen, Bishop Oedipo said, life is in phases, men are in sizes. He now said, leave your size per time. Contentment is just know where God has placed you. God is the one that raises people. You don't raise yourself by force. You will know when God has raised you. He said, when the crop permits, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. You know you have drunk of the spirit of mammon. When he starts saying, my mates have, this is not how my mates, my mates, you don't have mates in this life. I keep on emphasizing that. Nobody has any mates. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you life. He said, when I called him, I called him alone. Then I blessed him, and I multiplied him. I hope you are getting my point. I said something about that and let me say it again. Faith does not first give you things. The first thing faith gives you is the knowledge of I don't need them. A lady called me the other day. A lady asked me for cancer the other day. She said, I've been all dreaming. Dreaming of what? That I, I was sacked from my job. I said, uh-huh. And I went to church. One prophet prophesied that I would be sacked. I said, what did he now say you should do? He said, I should come and sow a seed. I said, you should know that he's a false prophet. What should I do? I said, this is, nah, this is where I'm going. I said to her, next time you have the feeling that you'll be sacked, instead of fighting in Jesus' name, I will not be sacked. That, you know, that's how a lot of us want to react. 
No, that's not the first line of Christian reaction. Christian reaction is, so if I am sacked, so what? That's the first reaction of a believer. Am I going to die? Promotion does not come from here. That's the first attitude. Before you start claiming it, in Jesus' name, I will not sack me. They will not sack me. In Jesus' name, they won't sack me. You are afraid. First kill that in the Bible because the fear of death. Say, hey, you're going to be successful. So? If God closes one door, he opens another one. Promotion does not come from the east, does not come from the west, does not come from the south, does not come from my office. God is judge. He can lift me up at any time. That alone, the evil spirit will leave you alone. Because if fear doesn't come in, torment can't come in. Are you getting my point? Fear, the Bible says, has torment. You say so? The intensity of that soul is the first defense you have. Because it's the peace of God that passes all understanding. That is the first thing that God gives you. I'm talking about total faithful finances. It's not just by faith. I live in a big house. By faith, I claim a duplex. My house is no longer two rooms. The first thing faith does for you is for you to sleep one night as if you're in a mansion. That Listen, until faith has made you rejoice in that your same little apartment, it's not giving you a bigger one. As long as you're still ashamed, say, ah, but let's come and visit you now. He said, no, actually, I'm not around this week. I have some business trips taking me to Lagos. Let's see in Bible studies. Is that not okay? Seeing in Bible studies is okay. Except that your reason is different. Let them not see the longo I'm living in. Shame. Listen, as long as that shame is in your face, God will not deliver you. Trust me. You know, I'm his servant. You know, I speak for him. Until they say, where's your house? They say, ah, I want corner for them. But the gutter for front, they smell. I don't like that side. I go soon come out. You say with nothing. And if you don't want to go, come, that's your problem. I'm still going to where I'm going in life. Should we pick you up from home? Yeah. If you find where to park, but that my area to park the hard guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is, you just say it with nothing. Listen, in due season. Somebody say due season. Due season. In due season, when God is ready, <laughs> what I want to say, we laugh. He will do you like Linda Ikeji. <laughs> you will wake up and go and buy a house in Banana Island. <laughs> don't do that, that shall, right? I don't know what the girl smoke. I'm just trying to say, no, honestly, honestly. But the point I'm making is that the, the girl was blogging for a long time. One day, something happened. Everybody said, please, advert, advert, put advert. She made so much money, she didn't know what to do with it. I think she just said, let me just invest it in a building and make noise with it. Bought a house of 500 million naira. What was she doing with it? Is she your father? Is she your sister? Is she your wife? Essentially, you, you don't know. Is that a waiting concern you? Are you getting my point? But my message is that in due season, God will lift you up. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, don't let the spirit of prodigality will continue. Don't let that spirit of mammon possess you. It makes men mad. Go and read what the Bible calls the madness of the prophet. When that spirit possessed Balaam, Balaam did not know when donkey was talking and he was replying. Balaam, the answer. <laughs> Say, why are you beating me? Oh, now let me beat, I don't beat you. I go soon. <laughs> I said, when did this beating start? Didn't you see how you pressed my leg against the wall? It is, it is, it is. 
Oh God. The guy still did not notice that the animal was talking. That's the Bible calls it the madness of the prophet. How did it begin? Love of money. You are delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow down here so we can go home. I took extra time, so I want to close rapidly. Let's just give the Lord thanks. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I am delivered. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am delivered. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am delivered from the spirit of mammon. I am delivered from the worship of money. Declare, he said, that my life does not consist in the abundance of the things which I possess. My life is not determined by how much I have. Say, God is the one that's lifting me up. My life is not determined by how much I have. God, thank you, because you are the lifter of my life. Say, Lord, I thank you. I am delivered from the love of money. Say, Mammon, I will not worship you. Money, you will serve me. Say, money is a servant to me. Money is a servant to me. Say, money is a servant to me. Money is a servant. Money is a servant. Money is a servant to me. Money, you are a servant. I will not serve you. You will not send me on errand. Father, I give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. The Lord is good.